Welcome to the High Prices Church Podcast. We hope you are blessed by today's sermon. Now, here's lead pastor, Chris Sestar. Do y'all know what today is in the church world? It's Pentecost Sunday. Pentecost Sunday, you look on a church calendar, that's what it reads today. Today is Pentecost Sunday. 50 days from Passover was the Feast of Pentecost. And on the day of Pentecost, 2,000 years ago, when 120 believers were gathered in an upper room praying, God poured out the Holy Spirit on the church. Some people say that's when the church was born. I don't think that's when the church was born. I think that's when the church got empowered. And the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit has been in the church. He's in His people, and He's in the church. Now, you and I both know He's not in every church because there are a lot of churches don't know what to do with Him the third person of the Godhead. But you experienced this morning, so for those of you watching online and those of you who are in this building, you experienced a dynamic of Pentecost. When a man in our church who is does not have a title, does not have a position, is not a pastor, he's just a guy that comes to church who owns a body car repair shop in Honeyapath and a towing service. He's the unofficial mayor of Honeyapath as far as I'm concerned. Am I right, Rick? But he's full of the Holy Ghost and fire. And you're seeing... You're seeing what this, what this is all about. It's not the only thing it's about, but you're seeing a part of what it's all about. That you can be saved and live a good, godly life. You can do that and serve the Lord, volunteer. You can do all that die and you're going to go to heaven there's only one way you get saved and that's by grace through faith but there is available to the church a power a greater dimension of God Pastor Billy under the direction of the Holy Spirit this man's spirit-filled. Couldn't, couldn't, couldn't move on with the format and said, I got to sing something that the Lord, I got to say something, I got to sing something. And so he, he sang that song, I want more of you, God. I want more of you, God. We're all singing it. And I've had people come to church here who were from a non-Pentecostal background who said, I love this place and I feel the Holy Spirit and I feel God. And I just, I just, I want more. I 
just want more. And they're like, I don't, and they don't say it, but they might as well say, but I don't know what that is. And I always finish it for them. I say, you know, you know what that is. It's more of it's the Holy Spirit is what you want. They'll say, yeah, that's it. It's not what it's all about. But, but there is a greater dimension. I don't, I don't, I wrote a book on the Holy Spirit. Okay, but I don't claim he's God, okay? He's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, three in one. There's only one God. There are three persons. Can't figure it out, okay? But I don't understand everything. But all I know is that when you get saved, the Holy Spirit, the sin goes out, and the Holy Spirit comes in when you get saved. Yeah, celebrate. Y'all clap all you want to. I'm preaching right now. I don't know where this is going, but this service is going. I haven't even looked at a note. You get saved, and you get the Holy Spirit. Paul said, don't you know? No, you not. I see, I learned a lot of stuff. New King James, so I quoted King James, but I don't read King James. I don't preach King James. Know you not that your body is the temple, the dwelling place, the residence of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you've received from God? Therefore glorify God with your body and your spirit, which are God's. Paul said, if you don't have the Holy Ghost, you are not His. That's what the Bible says. So you, you have to have the Spirit of God. How does Jesus sit on the throne at the right hand of the Father, but you say, Jesus, come into my heart when you pray for Jesus to save you? How can he do that? By the Spirit of Jesus. Because right now, everybody knows Jesus is seated where? At the right hand of the, the Father. The Bible says it repeatedly. We know he's there. But yet, Paul said, I pray that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. So it is the Spirit of Jesus that comes into your heart. So when you got saved, you have the Holy Spirit. That's why I get tickled at all these non-Pentecostals who get freaked out about it. We Pentecostals, I'm laughing like, who do you think we have? He's in you. Same, same gods, no, no, not a different Holy Ghost. The Presbyterians don't have a different Holy Spirit than we do. Same Holy Spirit. And yet, I have to do something with Jesus saving the apostles and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and Mary Magdalene and these other women and his own biological brothers, and then telling them, go to the upper room and tarry until you are baptized with the Holy Spirit. I have to do something with that. I have to do something when Peter and John go to Samaria and Philip, his priest, and a bunch of people have gotten saved. And when they got saved, the Holy Spirit came inside of them. And yet, they come down to lay hands on them so that they might receive the Holy Ghost. I got to do something with that. Right? And I have to do something when Paul goes to Ephesus and finds 12 guys. And the first question he said is, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? I would go, Paul, wait a minute. You receive the Holy Ghost when you believe. Like I'm going to tell the Apostle Paul, I'm going to correct him on theology. Half of the New Testament. Are y'all with me? I got to do something. That I, that's what I would say. I'm just going to be playing. If I was a good Baptist, I'd say to Paul, Paul, no, wait a minute. You mean, you mean like when I got saved, 
And Paul would say, no, that's not what I'm saying. I said, have you received the Holy Ghost since you? Because why would you question somebody? Well, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believe? That's an automatic. You don't ask me if it's happened or not. It happens because I don't have a choice. When I get saved, he comes in. Are you all still with me? So why do, you, why do you need to even ask somebody that question unless there's something? Go ahead and say that four-letter word. Now. We haven't even heard that there is such a thing as the Holy Spirit. Well, in there one baptism were you baptized? John's baptism. That was a baptism that looked forward to Christ. Well, have you believed on Jesus? Yes, we have. But you've never been water baptized since then. No, oh, we got to take care of that first. And he takes him down to a, a river or some body of water, and he baptizes all 12 of them and standing on the bank. He says, okay, now, now you've been saved and you've been water baptized. Did he leave it at that? No. And they have the Holy Spirit inside of them because they're saved. He baptized them. They're Baptists. Then he lays hands, go read this. This is in <clears throat> Acts 19. Then he lays hands on all 12 of them, and it says they received the Holy Ghost and spoke in tongues and glorified God. I have to do something with that. People have tried to explain that away and said, but those were unique experiences in the first century, and God doesn't do that anymore. When you get saved, then you get it all at one time. You cannot prove that in the Bible. You can only assume that. But the Bible record does not match your assumption. I have to do something with Ephesians 5.18 where Paul is writing to believers, the church at Ephesus. You all with me? Not writing to sinners. He's writing to People who are saved. Let me say it again. I'm reiterating. If you are saved, inside of you lives who? The Holy Spirit. It's just the way it is. And he writes to them in Ephesians 5, 18, and he says, Be not drunk with wine wherein is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. But I thought I got the Spirit. You do, but you don't. You, you see why being Pentecostal has, has been a point of consternation for some? Y'all don't make sense to me. Well, you don't make sense to me either. So there. And he writes it in the Greek... Be filled with the Spirit as a command. It's in the imperative, which means it's a command. It's not an option. Did y'all get that? Jesus commanded the disciples, tarry in Jerusalem until he told them to go and then told them to wait. Great commission. I'm going back to heaven. Now y'all go preach the gospel. Go win people to Jesus. Go. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. Lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the world. There he goes to heaven. But before he left, he said, go, but wait a minute. I need you to wait. What? Wait. Before you go, you need to wait. 
What do you mean? I want you to go tarry in Jerusalem. Wait. Wait in Jerusalem until you are endued, clothed. Like putting on a suit of power. Like a, like a, like a, like a policeman who gets up in the morning. And when he gets up in the morning, he's just Joe. But as soon as he puts on that uniform with that badge and that 9mm Glock, he becomes Officer Joe. Y'all with me? He got clothed with power. He's got power in the gun and authority in the badge. That's what God says, I want to do to you. You're a citizen of the kingdom. Joe, Joe's a, Joe, Joe lives in Anderson. He's a resident of Anderson. He's an Andersonian. You're a Christian. Hallelujah. You're on your way to heaven. But he said, if you let me, I'll clothe you with power. Because there's a lot of crime out there. And there's some, there's some people that need to be transformed. And so I need to give you power and authority and so I'm going to clothe you. So he told the disciples, are you all getting any of this? Is this making sense to y'all? People wonder about we Pentecostals. Is this making sense to y'all? And so Jesus said, I need to clothe you with power from on high. And that day in the, in the upper room, they were filled with the Holy Spirit. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing, this is the text, as a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them cloven or divided tongues like fire. And one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the uttering. That day they got clothed with power. And you know what? The next thing they did, they went. As soon as they waited, they went. And Peter and the other 11 stepped outside, and there are thousands of people in the streets for this feast. And they hear the sound of speaking in tongues. They can't figure out what it is. Peter and the other 11 step outside, and the sound of their tongues, which made no sense to them because it was a heavenly language, changes to their languages. And how do I know that? Because they all said, how do we how do we hear all these men? These men are Galileans. That's what they said. How is it that we hear these Galileans? Well, you know where all the disciples were from? Galilee except one, Judas Iscariot, and he's dead. How is it that we hear them? And they list all these languages. And now they're preaching. And then when they finally said, what is this? Peter preaches the gospel along with the other 11. 3,000 people get saved. You got to wait until you go. That's what Jesus said. Now, was that just for the early church? If it is, then we're done. This was wonderful. Y'all get a closing number. Let's go home. But the problem is, there are literally millions upon millions upon millions. I'm talking triple digit Pentecostal charismatics around the world. And they say by, and I don't have the statistics, they're in my book. I don't have them memorized. But by 2050, somewhere 2030, there will be a billion 
Pentecostals on this planet. And I love these great Americans. We, we westernized, educated, rational thinking people who say none of that's real. That all ended at the, at the end of the first century. You don't have to do all those things. But then I can take you to Honduras and China and India and Africa and, yes, even Europe. And I can take you to Central America and people, all, Korea, all over in the Philippines, in Australia. People all over this world are having Acts chapter 2 verse 4 experiences in spite of the fact that American westernized rationalistic skeptics are saying, but that doesn't happen anymore. You got a big problem. Can that many people be fooled or wrong? I got a whole sermon. It's gone. There is a there. There is more. I don't understand it. People people say, "Well, all right. So what? What did you get? Did you get fifty percent of the Holy Ghost when you got saved, and you get the other fifty percent when you get filled with the Spirit?" I don't think it's those kind of percentages and measurements. I think you're trying to think in a very limited way that God is liquid. He's not. He's spirit. He's spirit. And I have been, no, I have been in church where I felt his spirit, and it felt good. But then I've been in church when I, woo, I felt his spirit. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Like a great, y'all know what I'm talking about? Greater dimension, greater anointing, greater, like, woo. He was the same Holy Ghost, but I felt a greater measure of what I've experienced. There's a greater dimension of his work. I think that's what Jesus was saying is there is another dimension with me, with God just happens to be focused on the role of the Holy Spirit, there is a greater dimension that is available to you. Now, if you don't want it, it's not, not my will. My will is for you to have it. But if you want to tell me no, tell me no. It's not what I want. It's what I want is I want you to get this. That's where it gets a little sticky, doesn't it? When I preach like that, that gets sticky for some people because we want to keep it an option. Well, that's just not for me. That's not my personality. That's not my background. That's not how I was raised. I don't want to speak in tongues. I don't know. I'm still not sure about this. Fine. But do you think the disciples had it all figured out on the upper room when they got baptized? They were clueless. They've never been a Pentecostal. Everybody that's against it always looks at other Pentecostals and they're making judgment calls on other people and what they've seen and what they watch. There were no Pentecostal churches to judge by. There were no Pentecostals to judge by. There was nothing. It was just them. They were clueless. But they were obedient. Took eight days of praying. They were persistent. By the way, God may not fill you the first time, but you can't give up. You don't give up. You just keep praying. You keep believing. It may take you years. I don't understand the ways of God, and I'm not going to try to defend God. I don't understand why God fills some just like that and other people. I don't understand. But all I know is there's nothing wrong with God. So it's got to go back to either me or there's got to be a timing issue. And so I have to learn to wait upon the Lord. 
and they were they didn't know what to expect. They didn't know there was going to be speaking in tongues. They had no idea. None. None. But when the Holy Ghost fell, all of a sudden they started speaking in a heavenly language. The Spirit of God was speaking through them. What do you mean heavenly language? It said as the Spirit gave them the utterance. The Spirit gave them the words to say. And everybody thinks here, thinks God speaks English. Because you're in English church. Edgar, that wouldn't work in Puerto Rico or Guatemala where they speak Spanish. Or Korea where they speak Korean. Because we think all the music is going to be just like this in heaven. But there are people groups in Africa and people groups in Honduras they don't sing quite like we do. They sing differently. Heaven is going to be an unbelievable variety of music and praise and worship and celebration. It's going to be awesome. Instead of stoves, instead of analyzing and critiquing and trying to explain away God's people just got in a room and prayed and said God if you said it's supposed to happen then let it happen whenever it happens I'm ready and it did I guess they went and had breakfast those eight days and had lunch and went to supper and they needed to run to Walmart they ran in there into Jerusalem with a super Walmart got, got a toothbrush and some toothpaste whatever they needed See, we read the Bible, we just don't think it through. They, they, they probably had to go run some errands and whatever, but then they got right back in that prayer room and started praying again. They said, we're not giving up. We don't know what it is, but we'll know. And there were these unbelievable sights and sounds that have only happened once. The sight, the sound and sight that, that has been repetitive for 2,000 years is you speak in a language that's not your own. You speak in a heavenly language. But, but the, 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 the sound, it wasn't a wind. It was the sound of a hurricane force wind. And then the, the, the was it fire? It looked like fire. It was the glory of God. How do you like the fact that it split into 120 different flames and one sat upon each of them? Did, did, did you know there's a Pentecostal experience just for you? Don't you love the individualistic nature of being filled with the Spirit? It's for you. There's one for you. There's an experience for you. And I still believe there are sounds and sights that precede Pentecost a lot of times. It can be anointed preaching. It can be anointed singing. It can be a prayer meeting. The sounds of prayers going up. It can be praise and worship. There can be sounds that precede the filling of the Holy Spirit. God clothed them with power and changed their life. And I'm standing here today to tell you, we don't just celebrate Pentecost Sunday looking back at a historical event and saying, wow, that was so significant and so amazing. Wonder what that would have been like. No, we say that's significant and amazing, but we know what it's like because he's still doing it today. The day of Pentecost can be any day when God fills you with the Holy Ghost. friend Gary Sams is a credentialed Church of God bishop. But 
his life changed. Nothing bad. He just, you have to know Gary. He's just, he's, he just goes with the flow. The Gary is just one of the most credible guys I ever know. And a, re, a reformed church of Christ, a reformed church of Christ. See, they don't, they don't do, they don't sing, they don't play music. They don't play music in a church of Christ. But reformed, they play music and a few other things. They, they needed a pastor. And some of the guys, they said, would you come be our pastor? A reformed church of Christ, which is non-Pentecostal, asked a Pentecostal bishop if he would come be their pastor. He said, sure. So now he's pastoring the church. I went and preached for him one time. <laughs> I preached in a reformed church of Christ for him one Sunday in Pennsylvania. And one Sunday, Gary said he preached on the baptism of the Holy Spirit to him to see what would happen. Gave an altar call, and actually people came to the altar. Listen to this. Gary's words, my good friend, no reason to doubt it. You know, we don't have altar altars, but they had altar He said, he got down, he said there were three men in particular that got in the altar and said, we don't know anything about this, but we want it. And Gary got down, and he's at, he quoted Acts 2-4 to each one. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. And he said when he did that, he said the power of God came on that reformed Church of Christ member, and he started speaking in tongues, and God filled him with the Holy Ghost. He went over to the next one and said, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. He quoted Acts 2-4, and when he did, the power of God came on that man, and he started speaking in tongues. Now, you try to explain this away. He went to the third man and said, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance, and the power of God instantly came on that man, and he started speaking in a heavenly language, and God baptized all three of them. You cannot tell me this is not real. You cannot explain this the way to me. I am full of the Holy Ghost and fire, and I plan to stay full of the Holy Ghost and fire because this is real, and the power of God is needed in our lives. Lois Westbrook told me this story. Her father was a good Baptist. Never been filled with the Spirit. They don't preach that, but he was never against it. He said, my, she said, my daddy was never anti-Pentecost. She said it was just something he never did. Lois got in the church of God. She said, my, my daddy was dying, and they put him in the hospital. And she said, I'd go up to see my daddy. And she said, one day I went up there. She said, my daddy was a praying man. She said, I went up there one day, and the nurse looked at me. She said, is your daddy a foreigner? She said, excuse me? She said, well, is he German? She said, no, ma'am. He's from South Carolina. I don't know what you're talking about. She said, well, while he was laying there a while ago, she said he was speaking in some language, and I couldn't understand it. She said, but he did it a long time. And she asked her daddy, and she said, yeah, I think, he said, I think I was speaking in tongues. She said, God filled me with the Holy Ghost. God filled her daddy on his deathbed with the Holy Ghost and baptized him before he left this world. You don't get the Holy Spirit so you can shout. You don't get the Holy Spirit so you can get all excited. You're going to do that. You might. But Jesus said, you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the end of the world. The most powerful, effective witness is through a Spirit-filled believer because not only are you shining who Jesus is to people, 
But now you have the power to do what Jesus did for people. And James Whittington does just not come up here every once in a while in church under the guidance of the Holy Spirit. When he's at his shop or out with people, if the Holy Ghost speaks to him, tells him to do something, he'll pray for people right there where, where he's at. He'll lay hands on him, pray. Can I lay hands on you and pray for him? See, that's what happens. I have something in my notes, and this, this, this could probably, this might goad one or two people, and I don't want to goad anybody. And I know there are conditions to this, but what I have found is that people that are hungry to be used by God are the ones that God fills with the Holy Spirit. When they're, they're like, I'm just not satisfied to live my life, raise my family, go to work every day, make money, pop into church once, you know, once, whatever. But I'm going to heaven. I'm just going to make it to heaven. But people that say, I want my life to matter. I want, I want God to use me in ways beyond what he's doing right now. I want more of you, God. I want that greater dimension of God in my life. It's for witnessing and it's for serving because Jesus said the works that I do, you're going to do, and greater works than these because I go to my Father. What's the significance of going to the Father? He said, if I don't go back to heaven, I can't send the Comforter, the Holy Spirit, but he said, if I go back to heaven, I will send him to you. And everywhere that God filled people with the Holy Spirit, then they were clothed with power and then did these supernatural things. God just used them mightily. And would you would tell me, you just, you got to admit, it would, would, would it not be cool that if you're a nurse on a floor or you're a salesman going to see your clients or you're in an office job as a clerk or you work on a plant in a plant somewhere and that you are full of the Holy Ghost and fire and power and just whenever God needs you, the power and the anointing of God will flow through you. You can touch somebody, pray for somebody, minister to somebody, and God shows up and does something in their life. And you don't have to call a super-duper preacher and say, can you get over here to Bosch? We got a situation. We need a preacher over here. No, they already got what they need. God's got you and the Holy Ghost fire and power that you have on you. That's all you need. Tell me that would not be awesome. That's what I'm trying to teach you is that God doesn't want it just for the preachers and evangelists. He wants his people to go out and not only be the light and the salt, but to do what he did. Pentecost is still alive and well. He's still alive and well. We had an incident right here, and I'm the preacher. But T. O'Hanna baseball team would use our facilities for their, we try to do sometimes some community things like this. We're very selective. And so the baseball team came in, and the coach's daughter had an incident. We don't know what happened to her. And she hit the floor down in the Mac. Her eyes rolled back. There was something serious. Going. I don't even know if she was breathing. And we were, everybody was freaking out, and I happened to be there. And I leaned down, and very quietly, I started praying. But, but the coach heard me, and I said, God, in the name of Jesus, touch this child. And I don't get any credit because it could have been any of you. But in an instant, the Lord touched that child, and she came to, and she popped up as if nothing was wrong with her. I went on my way. I just thanked God. I was happy the child was okay. Later, the coach saw me and talked to me and just was thanking me. He said, I said, I, well, I, don't, I didn't do it. He said, oh, yes, you did. He said, I heard you praying. I said, well, I mean, I was just praying. He said, no, I heard you praying. He said, God heard your prayer. I'm not telling you that to brag. I'm just telling you to say that's our job. And then you just go on your way. 
we don't, we don't do it to get glory. When you start drawing attention to yourself, you've lost your way. No, you just let God, you want God to get the glory. And then you say, Lord, I'm done. i got to get back over here to the machine, start working. i got to get back over to the computer and start typing. But, Lord, if you ever need me again, here I am. Does that not sound like the kind of life you want in Christ? I'm telling you, that's what's available. I want you to stand with me all over this church. Well, it's been a long time when I preached and didn't even use a note. But the Lord said this, I want everybody in this house to come to the altar. I know it's 1116, but I want everybody in this house, everybody, please don't leave. Don't leave. If you're going to get up, come down here. Otherwise, just stay in your seat. But I want everybody to come down here, please. Hallelujah. 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 When I grew up, as I was growing up, you gave an altar call for people to be filled with the Spirit. Pastor Billy and the team would get something fired up going, and we'd rock the house, and we'd sing for an hour and a half, and people would pray. There's nothing wrong with that. I eat that up. That's what I grew up on. I like that kind of stuff. But I've learned if you're not careful, you put God in a box. It doesn't have to work that way. God can. Let me tell you about a man who was in our church. I'm not going to tell you his name. He prayed and prayed and prayed to get filled with the Spirit. It just wouldn't happen. He was about to get frustrated. He was about to the point that he was going to quit. And he said he was riding to work one Sunday, and he said he would usually play Christian music and pray. And uh, he was. <laughs> he told me, he said, I had a cup of coffee and a donut. Now, what? Where there was a third hand to drive, I don't know. But he said, I had a cup of coffee and a donut, and he said, I was drinking my coffee and eating my donut on the way to work, and, and somehow he was praying in between that, and he said, all of a sudden, he said, the glory and the power of God hit me like I'd never experienced, and he said, Pastor, I had to put the donut down, and he said, I could hardly drive, and he said, I started speaking in tongues, and he said, God filled me with the Holy Ghost on the way to work. It might happen here. It might happen at home. It might happen while you're on the golf course. But God wants to fill you with the Holy Spirit. And so how I'm going to close this service, I want everybody in this place, if you are already filled with the Spirit, I want you to thank God. I want you to have a little Thanksgiving service and thank God that He's filled you with the Holy Ghost. If it has been a while since the Spirit of God has manifested in you and you've felt His touch and Maybe you, it's been a long time since you've prayed in the Spirit, okay? I think praying in the Spirit is good for us. I'm going right now, personally, through an incredibly difficult time with my family, and I don't want to go any further right now. But this is star family, the clan. We're going through the valley right now. I just want you to pray for my whole family, mom, dad, all of us. We're going through the valley right now. I got out on my boat because that's my catharsis. I have to get outside or I go nuts. And I went by myself yesterday morning. Caught a few fish, but there was one point I just sat out in that boat. My mind burdened, my heart broken. 
and the Spirit of God just came on me. And I started praying in that beautiful, wonderful, heavenly language. And I didn't care who was around and who was watching, but I just put, put my that steering wheel. I didn't want to go anywhere. I didn't care about fishing. And I just let him intercede through me. And the Bible says there is personal edification and strengthening that happens through that. And there is intercession where the Spirit talks to the Father. You know there is. You say, God, is my prayer getting through? When you pray in a heavenly language, there's no doubt the prayer is getting through. Because it's God the Son, Spirit talking to God the Father. Did anything change? No. Nope. But when I got through, I had an incredible strength and comfort. My whole demeanor changed. I know people don't under, understand us Pentecostals. They don't understand. I know there are wackos, y'all. Y'all know there are granola bar Christians, right? The fruits, flakes, and nuts. I don't deal with you. I don't, if you're a fruit flake and a nut, you're not going to like me. Because I don't like wacky stuff. Okay? But, but people don't know what to do with us. But they don't realize we're tapped into something that is unbelievably, extraordinarily supernatural. And God is good. And so, I just want us to take the next few minutes... And I want everybody in this house, if you're, so, so let me go back. If you're filled with the Spirit, but it's been a while since you prayed, would you just ask the Lord, Lord, would you just, Holy Spirit, become more active in me and pray through me and, and breathe on me again? I'm sorry. Maybe I've got caught up in this world. It's been a while. Lord, would you pray? I don't like it if I go a long time and I don't pray in the Holy Ghost, Elder. It, it begins to bother me. I'll talk to the Lord about it. I'll say, God, I want you to pray through me. I want that divine intercession. i, I got to have it. I got to have the goosebumps. I got to have the hair standing up. I got to have the manifested presence of power. I don't want to live without it. And then, of course, if there's anybody here that you've never been baptized with the Holy Spirit, you're saved. The Holy Spirit's in you, but you've never had that greater dimension. All this that I've talked about today, would you just say, God, will you give me an Acts 2-4 experience and fill me with the Holy Ghost? Jesus said, ask and you shall receive. If you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, he said, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who just ask Him? Thanks for listening. Be sure to join us Sunday mornings in person or online at 10 a.m. For more information or to watch our services online, please visit us at www.highpraises.org or check us out on social media.